0: The only joke I think better than that is Dave Chappelle's Kicker in the Pussy.
1: Oh, I, I, that's ex- so funny because I criticize that joke in the book. Uh, well, I'll, I'll explain why. Which oh, is, I, by the way, I'm
0: dying to read your fucking book now. You know, this is going to be the only book I read this year. Hey guys, the Tops Off World Tour is coming to an end in 2024. And then I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. I will be taking a long break from touring, but not before January 18th in Tucson, Arizona, El Paso, Texas, San Antonio, Amarillo that first week, Casper, Wyoming, Loveland, Colorado, Colorado Springs, Rio Rancho, New Mexico, and then me and Tom, February 10th, are in Las Vegas for the big game at the MGM Grand Garden Arena. The following week, Bakersfield, Reno, San Francisco, Stockton. I will see you guys on the road. Tops off world tour. Enjoy the podcast. Can I see your book? Yeah, sure. Um... So, I, you you know, I'm a fan of yours. Even though we didn't start off as fans, I think I talked shit about you. One yeah, time. yeah. And I mentioned that in the book. Oh, for real? Yeah. Uh, I read that. Uh, wait, what What was the thing I did? So, I wrote a piece called
1: Something About, I didn't write the headline, but the, the, the headline was something like Does Comedy Need to Be Funny or How Funny Does Comedy Need to Be? And because <laughs> of that, not that funny, he seems <laughs> to be doing very well. So, the, And it's it about <laughs> comedy that was um, not. Always going for laughs in certain ways, or it's like Nanette, and they're withholding laughs, or shows oh, like Atlanta, blah blah yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah, I And
0: you that. were on the bonfire. Oh come on, you gotta. <laughs> that's like Sam Burt when you were in a gang, you you beat a guy up. I go, yeah, yeah but you can kill me, buddy. I know but so
1: you made fun of it. All of you made fun of it. So then, when I had you on my podcast, I just wanted to be like, not to like criticize, I was, just, I was just curious. Do you remember we said that, and then we that not went to clear the air, but like I reached I,
0: out to her. I reached out to Nanette to um, <laughs> be on my podcast. Yeah, and uh she said no because she said my name's Hannah. Yeah. So don't call me <laughs> Nanette. No. Also, she, they are—they are they now. Cool. Just, just so, just. You know. I know. I'm. It's gonna be a rough one for me to, like, especially if I don't know they. Yeah. It's It's gonna be hard for me to remember that that if I if I don't really bring they up all the time, it's gonna be hard for me to properly they them.
1: It was just, a th- it was a thing that very late in the book process, they released a press release about the new special that you, by used- the way,
0: when you say they, I think of her and her, they and they <laughs> partner, <laughs> they and their, their partner, their them, and them, them, and I think their of them. Partner. Yeah. No, it's them. So if it's her, <laughs> yeah. if it's, it's if it's those two over there that like to drink tea and play with dogs, it's them. Yes. Them was, with well, one of them is really famous also, like a great director. I believe so, yeah. I will say
1: this. This is my this
0: is my way- who's this? Just kidding. Bert. How have we not Bert. done how have we not done a who's on first with a they them? I I I wouldn't And not- by the way, where the fuck is Fox when you need them for if they've got a comedy channel, right? Mm-hmm. Fox does comedy. Yeah. I think that's what it's called. <laughs> Look, you know I'm the most fucking I'm the most fair centrist dude in the world. But it's like, yo, even Fox. Like there's good Fox comedy that they're missing out on. Like, why do they just go pol? Poli- I don't need to know about fucking vaccines.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I, I I guess the closest is uh, what's it say? It's Gutfeld. Gutfeld. He's good. He's good. You like Gutfeld? Yeah, right. I would. I I the biggest problem with Gutfeld, regardless of my political disagreements with him, is that because they don't hire union writers. He's a they too. So here, so this, was, this is a good way of understanding is, <laughs> to get better. at They, they them, are confusing. Is you're allowed to say they always for people? Yeah, you are. You could be like, I oh, could- where's Bert? Oh, they went to the market or whatever. That's a, yeah. That,
0: that exists no, before. You can also see this is this is the funniest thing. They are gonna get more mad at th- thou than thine, because because they they know that I don't that I'm like I'll do it like I do it to my daughter's friends. Like my daughter's got <laughs> a bunch of them's. And I'll do it to them it, when this comes up. Like, I don't mind doing it at all. And I enjoy it. I enjoy the mental, you know, that uh, May Martin is yes. a day. Yes. And I love it. You love it. I love, it. I love it. No, I love that. I love when I hear it done right for that, that, them. The, May is really interesting because like
1: I had May on my podcast when they were promoting the show that they had God, on God. Uh, on Netflix. <laughs> And it's got to be confusing a little bit to you too, right? I know, but I will say, you know, like all languages, but the thing that was interesting is they're not, they, for a while, we're not good at it either. They would be talking about their character on the show, which is based on them. And they would be like, she did this, she did that. And I was like, and because, and that was part of what the show was about was like, they're proving that it's not like everyone is figuring out. Everyone's figuring it
0: out. When did you, when did you start? When did you get into comedy?
1: Like, just watching it. Yeah. I'd say, I mean, I I don't, I don't remember a time I wasn't into it, but I remember watching Bring the Pain and being like, I like stand-up. I'll watch stand-up. And then, like, Comedy Central was on, so I was just like, would watch it all the time and I watched comic Bring the Pain, all Pain all was all so time. fucking it's, good. I, then I was like a kid, like a true, like... I, I was that. in college. How old were you? I was probably like 10 or 11. I was so, in, like, what the fuck did I know? <laughs> but, <laughs> you never even met a black person. <laughs> but I was like, this is, I can tell, you can tell that something is special. And then you watch Bigger and Blacker, that is unbelievable. I don't know if anyone has got better at joke writing than he
0: was at that time with Bigger and Blacker. And then this is the problem with fame. Yeah. Because he got so famous and you can't say no to the money. Yeah. And people want the name more than they want the jokes. The name sells more. Like when you think about people who signed huge deals at Netflix and I don't know anyone's business so I don't pretend to know anyone's sure. business. But when you look at like I'm trying to think of a safe place to land. <laughs> Because, you know, what I mean, Chappelle's the example, but he's yeah. still so good at comedy, in my opinion. I yeah. believe Chappelle's so good at comedy I, still.
1: I think he has a, I think he's a great, he's a very talented person. He he has material issues of a person who's putting out so much specials. He put out more specials in the last seven years than Chris Rock has put out,
0: period. Really? Well, I think he felt like he had some catching up to do.
1: Yeah, I guess so. It just sort of like, but then that's part of why he talks about the exact same subject over and over again.
0: I, I... Uh, I don't. Yeah, yeah. It, I will tell you. I, I will tell you as a professional. Yeah. comedian. I notice when I bring up a lot of subjects. Yeah, but then I do notice the ones that get the most traction. Sure. So like, I, I when they, when we did a, they did a roast of me. Everyone like did an impression of me, and it was like Isla said this. Blah, 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 yeah, yeah, blah, yeah, laugh at your own joke. And then I was like, yeah, but those work still very well. And it is your life, and the kids. Yeah age so yeah. like i think that that is
1: different than it, when you're talking about topics yeah right if you talk about the same topics i think it's different than talking about parenting i think at least in my, in my opinion it it maybe but i mean
0: i i, I, well, the audience, like, I so yeah. once again i'm like getting nervous to talk about friends yeah cuz but i noticed certain dudes harp on a on an issue and it seems to be what their fans respond to um i i once again I, i'm nervous to say it because i go like like, I don't know the safe place to land, right? Yeah. Like, um, uh, I'm trying, I'm really I'm thinking. I'm trying to
1: think of a person who talks. So it's like, like let's say Jim
0: Gaffigan and f- like food jokes. There we go. That's a good one. And it's safe. Yeah. Or, and- or Fluffy. Yeah. Fluffy has, has found, you find, sometimes you find the people that dig the shit you do. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and then by the way, you've, what's even crazier is I'll say this. Then you find that you've painted yourself into a corner, and then certain subjects you go to broach. And then you're like, like last night, I said, I said the words fingering a pussy, and I watched a girl go in the front row, go Bert. And I went, wait, I, how do you think I got the kids? Yeah, yeah. But, but they, they just don't
1: see me as that. They yeah, see yeah. me as something. You're allowed to have sex in your jokes, but not like be sexual. Yeah. Yeah. You can like enjoy having sex in your jokes.
0: I can I can have sex and I can fuck up at sex yeah, yeah, and not
1: be good at sex. Yeah, yeah. But the second I like, yeah, that's a, yeah. I mean, I do think it is. It's a give and take, right? It's like having more fans can be a prison, but also having more fans can be a gift because the audience will listen to more and they're willing to let you it's, stretch it's, or whatever. It's a right? Gift. Like, like I feel like your closer in the last special was like so long, and you like imagine doing that twenty years. It would be oh. the crazy. You would be never be invited back. But I do think there gets to a point where you play big enough venues that sometimes now you're attracting people who are not fans of your enemies more. They just saw it's a comedy show at a big venue. And that's, that can be dangerous. Uh, That's actually not a thing.
0: Yeah. No one bought, no one casually buys an arena ticket. No one, no one casually buys an arena ticket. (laughs) I promise you that. I wish they did. (laughs) I wish, I wish you could sell casual arena tickets. the, Arenas, yeah, so keep yeah. people buy casual comedy club tickets. Yeah, of course. People do not buy casual theater tickets. That
1: that I that to me theater is for fans, and
0: like I think theater is like the sweet spot. What happens is, and I think this is what you're talking about is people will buy a casual. Once again, I have love for all these people, yeah. but we're talking. George' are just talking esoterically about yeah. comedy. People will buy a casual Matt Rife ticket to see what it is. Mm. People will buy a casual yeah, Dave Chappelle ticket to see what it is. No one is buying a casual. Uh, uh, Joe Coy ticket. Yeah, yeah. It is his fans. Yeah. And so like, so like Joe, myself, Bargaz, people buy a casual Bargazzi ticket now. Now they definitely will. Now they definitely will because once you get that famous, like the Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle tour, Yeah. you couldn't get tickets for it. But, I, I, I will say there's no one in that audience that's a bigger fan of me than those two guys. Yeah. And the diehards, they didn't get tickets. Yeah, in yeah, no way. They didn't get tickets. It's the people that go, that don't know anything about comedy. That like, my, my buddy Hank. Yeah. Okay. My buddy Hank's like, or my daughter's friends. My daughter friend. My daughter's friend Daisy goes. She goes. Hey, do you know? Can you get me Matt Rife tickets? And I go. Daisy, name all the comics you know. She goes. You. And Matt Rife. And I was like. And then she goes. Oh wait, Shane Gillis. I go. She you knows Shane because he caught her drinking beer on tour. Sure. And so I go, so the three people you know is the one guy that busted you drinking. Yeah, yeah. Me and my, your best friend's dad and Matt Reif. And she was like, like that, that's the dangerous territory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In my opinion, and I love Matt, and I think Matt would much rather the dangerous territory than no success. Yeah, yeah. But the dangerous territory is when you're selling tickets to people who are trying to figure out what it is and go like, and, and I think Louie got into that place.
1: I think a lot of people do. I mean, I think, I think about a lot also with specials, right? It's like, you tour and you're like, oh, these are my fans. They get it. They have a, you know, they have a context for how I operate. Then you put things on Netflix and you have no control over how people see you. Oh, and they'll wow. just be like, oh, Dave Chappelle's famous. I someone's, I guess I should watch one comedy special a year and it's this and you have no context for it. And that is, and then, so what happens is both, that person has a bad experience, but also like Dave, Dave Chappelle has this perception of like, well, why are you watching it? You should just not watch it. You know, like it's like, well, because you're the most famous comedian.
0: He is the most. And that's why he gets the big money. Dave Chappelle gets the big money because in the hopes. This is, I think, how the yeah. business model works. And so let's let's pay Dave, Mich- Dave Michelle, Dave Chappelle, $20 million to do a special. And then let's pay Tom Segura $1 million. And I think those are probably accurate numbers. Sure. Um, and then let's hope that on that $20 million investment, Dave Chappelle brings us 20 million new watchers to his, mm. and out of that 20 million, we convert 7 million viewers that become comedy fans, and out of that seven, three million people watch Tom Segura's special, and then we get our return investment on Tom. We actually underpaid Tom because we because yes. more people. That's so that's how the it's why Amy got those big deals. They I mean they and this I'm, look this is really inside baseball, but and I love this more yeah, than yeah, anything. Yeah. But it wasn't. I'm sure Amy probably believes because she was, a, she was the greatest female comedian that's ever lived. She posted that the other day. Oh, really? She's pulled up. Amy posted, I am the greatest female com- comedian that's ever lived. She said greatest? She, <laughs> it's her words, not mine. This show is sponsored by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official betting partner of the NFL playoffs. Is bringing you an offer that will help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet five bucks on any game and get two hundred instantly in bonus bets. Let me tell you, I screwed up so bad at the very beginning. It was I, all I know is I was going to put ten thousand dollars on the Bucks to make it to the Super Bowl, and the payoff was a million dollars. I did not make that bet, but the bet—I'm not going to tell you who to bet. I'm not going to tell you what to bet. All I'll tell you this week: Bucks, Eagles, Bucks getting two and a half points. Hmm. I talked on the phone to Baker Mayfield the other day. That's all I'm saying. He seems very confident. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code BERTCAST. New customers can bet just five bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code BERTCAST. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Visit www.1800Gambler.net. New York? Call 877 8 Hope, New York, or text Hope, New York, 467 In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus ages vary by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources. I just went and saw the Eagles at the Forum Steely Dan Open. It was the best night of my life. More importantly, it was the best night because I didn't stress about tickets. You shouldn't have to worry when buying tickets to your next big event. Game time is the best and easiest way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guaranteed. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you're going to have. Get images of your seat before you buy that was so important to us so you know exactly what you to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and when you're set. I'm telling you right now, Joe Coy, my boy, is at the Forum February 16th. That is a great time to get tickets. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code BERTCAST for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code B E R T C A S T for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices. Garol Teed pull it up and posted i am the greatest female com- comedian that's ever lived she said greatest she it's her words not mine
1: that's i guess that's like i blame chappelle calling himself the greatest comedian of all time well hold on that that
0: <laughs> uh, i'm gonna get so in the fucking weeds that as a black dude you kevin hart and chris rock can fuck around with that joke that's what they were doing they yeah. were walking goats on stage yeah, 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 yeah. and like and goat is a is a Cultural thing, yeah, yeah. That's like LeBron's the goat, she, she, like that. They can do that. You don't see Mulaney walking a goat on yeah, stage with so him. It would be fucking hilarious. But first of all, all of his fans would be like, "I'm all into anime Rescue, also." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it, so they do it. But when she called herself the greatest female comedian that ever lived, I think immediately you, you put yourself. Immediately, you let people do the numbers for you. Yeah, yeah. And that's not that's so. She could have just. I think she was getting in trouble for. Moss and uh, she could
1: yeah I mean she could have said she's the biggest or terms like biggest selling right I don't know how many women have sold out Madison Square
0: Garden she's the biggest selling comedian Big, she I, is but like well she is the most successful comedian of all time oh, okay so that is true I am the most smart. well
1: in terms of um, stand-up ticket sales I assume for
0: the next well two, actually two I would argue Taylor Thomason's I
1: don't think Taylor will be I think Taylor might be already. I have no idea
0: how many, Taylor but like Taylor, does.
1: it's. I think she's basically going like I played arenas. There weren't women playing arenas before me.
0: There she played been. arenas when they they counted. Yeah, not to say that they don't count for me, but like she played arenas when very few people were. It was Louis, her, yeah,
1: and, and now Dane. now I wrote in the book by by the time I finished it. Oh, we need to, we need to talk about this book. Keep going. I'm, I just want to make sure. Eighteen people sold out. At eighteen people headlined. Madison Square Garden, eighteen acts, and already two have done it since I've wrapped copy of, it. and that that was like five months ago. Dave Chappelle did it. Andrew Schultz is playing Madison Square Garden. I think he's doing two shows. That's like when it is. That is such a radical difference from even ten years ago when, like, Amy was
0: doing, which again is a big deal. Like it, I, it was. I'm going to argue that Amy doing it ten years ago is way bigger, way bigger than. Sebastian doing four of them. Yeah. I think Amy doing it then, she had to, you know what it's like? It's the difference of getting water in the 1800s versus getting mm-hmm. water in 1970. Yeah. You know, where it's, you're like, oh, you just drink it out of the hose.
1: Yeah. It's like a, it's like the four minute mile thing, right? It's like once, once people started doing it, they figured out like how to, like, how, like, I assume touring agents were like, well, this is how we build to it, which is like, I, I was like, I wonder if Burt will play Madison Square Garden next tour or, and you haven't announced it, so I don't want you to, to leak it, but like, no. or is it, or it will be two tours from now. But like, it's not un, unfathomable no. that you would
0: do that. No, it, it's not. Uh, it's not. And, and also, you can also look at someone's, I mean, this, this is really, <laughs> in the weeds, but you can look at someone's ego yeah. and what they like and what they don't like. Like, I, I doubt Shane Gillis will ever do Madison Square Garden. He's just not who he is. He's not yeah. an arena guy. He doesn't want to be an arena guy. He likes comedy. I wouldn't be shocked if he did this theater tour and then went back to clubs. But that's who he is, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I doubt Rogan will ever do Madison Square. I take oh, she, that back. No, he did it. He did I think, it? I
1: think it's also a lot of people get to it. They say they don't want to do it. But then you're like, what if I like
0: doing it? Oh, it's fun as fuck. It's like, fun as... F- doing I, arenas yeah. is way more fun than anything you'll ever do. And I would argue it translates, oh, it, it yeah. translates quicker to the medium of Netflix, mm. it translates from what people see on Netflix. That venue is so much more the same thing they've seen on Netflix than uh, a theater or a comedy club. Yeah, uh, in a comedy club, everything's loosey Goosey. You're having drinks. There's noise. People are walking around, and it's end. It, you have to be bigger. Yeah. Um, Sebastian is the, and I mean this out of all respect, and everything I'm saying out is out of respect. Yes. But I, Sebastian is the ultimate club comic. Yeah. When Sebastian was in clubs, you did not follow him you still don't follow yeah, him. Yeah. but when he was hot because he was dane dane was the ultimate i club can't even comment. imagine seeing sebastian a club
1: doing that act out it would, must feel like it owned the room yeah I it
0: imagine. filled the room wall to wall ceiling to floor it was fucking fun phen- i mean you'd sit in the back and be like he he one time told a bit we were both getting our houses redone very different size houses. Sure, sure. But we were both getting our houses. You it's Sebastian? Me and Sebastian. Yeah, and his house is wild. His yeah. house was, no, at the time, it was just like a $5 not like, million but house. But not even like crazy. Like the
1: design of his houses has always been. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've always just said it's fascinating because like people think of Sebastian as one type of guy and then his house looks like a Tim, Bar- Tim Burton Museum.
0: Yeah. Well, that's his wife. His yeah. wife is a very artistic. Yeah, yeah, beautiful, Amazing artist. Yeah, yeah, no. know. And so, sh- uh, we, we had both witnessed the same thing and we both talked about it on stage and my version and i think it leaned to like my sensibility was about the social differences in uh in work and what mm. we do for a living and and the, it was about this guy sweeping up and not really doing anything it was the fact that you'd be paying someone to re- rebuild sure. a house but he was all he was doing was sweeping yeah. and then do you comment you are lucky enough like i, I was trying to find the social mm. story in there sebastian did the same I bit? I can't imagine it. But he goes, "I come around the corner. <laughs> this guy is sweet." Exactly. It's and exactly it the joke I imagined filled him doing. The fucking room, and, and he's got a broom. he has got a broom? Is that my broom? Are you using my broom? I mean, it was like so big, and I was crying laughing. But in saying that, and I've seen a smash in arenas, he fills an arena yeah, too. Yeah. But uh, smaller. Smaller Louis C.K. in arena is the quintessential arena act, in my opinion, mm. because what happens is it plays to the screen. Everyone mm. watches the screens. Oh, interesting. Just like you do yeah, yeah, Netflix. And so small movements play really big in an arena where when you take that same movement into a club, they're not looking yeah, at your yeah, eyes. Yeah. They're looking
1: at your body. Yeah, and you have to talk slower because the laughs and yeah. talking slower works better in film things than it does live. Yeah, but uh
0: dude, you're we're 22 minutes in and you're my favorite podcast i've ever done <laughs> i could you know we've probably lost everyone we lost anyone liberal with the they thems we lost anyone who's now going like did so, you, we lost all fucking everyone's like amy's the biggest fucking female comic amy's gonna text me and be like why did you have to give me all that hate i you know what i said i'm the greatest female comic not the biggest that implies silence. no i'm the biggest not the greatest oh yeah whatever whatever um Taylor's about to be the biggest. Yeah, one hundred percent. She's about to. She, she her, and Nate pargazzi are going to redefine everything that anyone knows about stand-up comedy. In what way? Just in terms of how big they're going to be. They're clean. They're funny. They don't Is curse. Taylor, they don't party. Does Taylor
1: not She'll
0: curse? Curse, but not. She's not like. She's like dirty. She does like she's what, like, I yeah. got a tennis ball stuck in my pussy. You know, she's not yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Holston like that. <laughs> <laughs> but like she's and. And Taylor, I'm sorry if Taylor's, if I'm giving away her business model, but like I go and I did the Boston uh, Garden. Yeah. And sold it out and was very proud of myself. Thank you. Sold it to the ceiling. And uh, Taylor chose not to do it and instead did like nine shows at at the fucking theater that was 3,500. Yeah, yeah. And I I did the math and I was like, she outsold me exponentially.
1: Yeah, and also this is, even I think this is in the weeds, but I, I remember hearing that like the business model on arenas is hard because you, the taxes and all that stuff are super expensive. The business model on arenas is
0: difficult. Your overhead is insane. Yeah. You have to rent a stage, tour buses, a crew. You got a crew of 18 coming with you. You got five semis, you got three tour buses. You've got, I mean, it's just, it's, however, it's fun as fucking <laughs> shit. It's really fun. Yeah, It's a once in a lifetime opportunity. Yeah. You get to do it once. You get to do it. You get to dump all your energy into it. And if you're like me and you and you can fucking take a bath in your gratitude, it is overwhelmingly uh, full, filled with gratitude where you go into the team store and, and they hook you up with all the gear yeah. they give you all this gear for free. And then you get a jersey with your name on it. And you have these big backstage parties and you get to use their gym and their Steam room and their sauna and their polar plunge. And you get to go sit up in the morning and walk up to the top mm. cheap seats and have your coffee and write jokes. And I mean, it's just fucking overwhelming. And then you go out on stage, you have 19,000 people losing their mind for you. And then when you rip your shirt off and you hear 19,000 <gasps> people pop, it is fucking. I mean, and so, yes, I absolutely adore it. For someone like Taylor, I can see how she's like.
1: What will happen to Taylor is. Um, is will be somewhat like happened to Taylor Swift, which is eventually you get so famous and that you, you just have to go to bigger rooms or otherwise you like, well, you, the fans need to be going somewhere. And if you're, if she keeps on playing theaters, there'll be a black market or there'll be whatever the gray market on tickets will be like insane. So she'll have to play bigger venues almost, I think by, and then it's like, if she keeps on getting bigger, that then you have to do football stadiums. And then if you, dude i mean like there's no beyond football stadiums like like Wait. that's 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 what's always that's why taylor swift is so insane which is essentially
0: she's so famous that there's no football stadium big enough for her and and there is people should be paying attention to what's happening yeah the two biggest comics in our business are taylor and nate yeah I, and I, I once again love for everyone you can be me or andrew schultz these chest-thumping promoters right yeah and congrats we're doing arenas we're big deals <laughs> or you can be silently living in tennessee Selling more tickets than anyone in yeah. our business. I mean, and yeah, I Kevin I, Hart is the only person yeah, selling yeah. more tickets than, than Nate Bargatze. Kevin Hart is yeah. the only one, only one. And I'm 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 pretty familiar with numbers. Yeah, he is the only one selling more tickets, and he's Kevin Hart. Nate Bargatze maybe has a podcast that maybe twenty two thousand people listen <laughs> to. I mean, very real. However, every twenty two thousand of those people travel to every single one of his yeah, shows yeah. and buy tickets for every fucking show he ever does. I yeah. mean,
1: what I mean, like. It's so interesting. I mean, I've been a fan of Nate's for a really long time. I always thought there are certain comedians that, you know, I I wrote a book about comedy. I know a lot about a lot of comedians. I understand most of their moves and there are like only a handful of comedians I think of as ineffable. Essentially, like I can't and Nate is one, and Beth Stelling is the other one, which is like whatever they're doing. Now you're gonna have to define ineffable. Yeah, which is und- <laughs> it's like I, I was wondering if you're gonna.
0: <laughs> no effect. I thought it was not it means you don't use the f word.
1: No. <laughs> yeah, they're like unfuckable, unfuckable, <laughs> fuck uh, Ooh,
0: Yeah, and then I was uh, like, no,
1: Beth Stelling's very fuckable. <laughs> no, uh, it is like they, it's an equality that can't be defined. Like Nate's stand up. I mean, you can okay. see. Like, okay, oh, that's like, a really great definition of them. Yeah, where a- their rhythms. Like a lot of comedians aren't telling jokes up there, but really like Nate and Beth, more than almost any comedian I know, Hannibal sometimes does this, where you're getting laughs in like middle of sentences and it's unclear what is happening. And it's just like they have this thing. And then, but to see how the level to which that works for Nate is like unbelievable. It's insane. And then his SNL monologue was so
0: good. I didn't see it. It's really good. Really? I gotta watch it. I saw the, I saw the, the sketch he did as George Washington yes. that was fucking brilliant
1: it's so funny I love that sketch but it's also like it's 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 like a, it's like someone SNL was like I got this down the middle straightforward sketch not trying to do anything different it's a somewhat straightforward premise let me wait for Nate to come on and yeah. it's and it's a really po- it's doing really well but it is it's, it's an observation that's out there, right? Which is like, isn't it weird that we don't use the metric system? And he just, it was just perfectly done and he's like the perfect person
0: it's, for it. He's, he's brilliant. And I really mean that, like, yeah. he's brilliant. And he's, and he's just on, I mean this, like, I, I, obviously these are all my friends. So as I talk, if I'm saying any shitty, edit it out. But like, <laughs> he is on the outside. And yeah. He lives on the outside. He's not, like, there's a, there's a list of comics that are, Probably hounding their agents to get them to host SNL. Yeah. They're, they're, that's a way the yeah. comics work. Every, every comic that you think is just casual marketer, they're all hardcore. Mm. Everyone is. Yeah, and everyone's yeah. like, get me on SNL. I want to host SNL. I guarantee, and Nate didn't ask for it. And they mm. called him up and they're like, would you be interested? And he was like, actually, I know that happened. I know that Lauren watched his stand up and was like, who the fuck is this yeah, guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, he should host SNL. And everyone's like, for real? And he's like, yeah. It's a fucking genius move. He was like, yeah, I kicked Gillis off. Let's get one of them in. <laughs> one of them. What, I, when do you think Gillis will host us now? I don't know.
1: I don't think, I, 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 well, I, one, I think he would have to get way bigger than he is now. No offense. He's, he's quite, but you know, you have to, I think,
0: have a tenure of bigness. He's at least 275. <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, uh, he's, yeah, I think he needs like, I think it has to, it, it, he needs a year to, to ripen. Yeah, to, of like, of like, his next hour will be fucking bangers.
1: But I think it's, I think one, and it will, it'll help if there's another SAG strike. I think that's a big part of it. Which oh, was yeah. like
0: they, they. Oh yeah, oh
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think there is. I remember when Kumail hosted before that movie came. Kumail out. Kumail hosted. Yeah, he hosted right before that movie he came is out. He's still jacked as fuck. I saw him last night. Yeah, but compared he's to what gorgeous. he
0: was, oh yeah, he's so he is such a strikingly good man. Did he
1: was he doing stand-up? Yeah. Did he tell you that I'm the reason he does stand-up again? So it's your fault? Yeah, it's my fault. <laughs> no, he didn't. Why Because yeah, he wasn't doing that much because he he's freaking a freaking comic a, book. He's a great a great comedian. Yeah. And so I had him do a live podcast a year, like essentially a year ago today, with the goal being like, we're going to do this podcast in front of people. He goes, I don't really do stand-up as much anymore. It's like, I, I, anymore. because just And then we did this live podcast. My goal was like, I'm going to have him essentially do jokes so that he remembers what it's like and then he like he loved doing being really? in front of people and he you know you get that itch again he's like well maybe I'll go up again and then he just kept on doing it and then obviously i think the strikes helped um, giving him time to do it but then i i definitely kickstarted a
0: thing that he just had not prioritized he was, he was great on stage last night he's so good he's, he's he's always been he's always been a phenomenal comedian in my opinion i've always enjoyed Watching him do stand up and and but also from my perspective, I get to see f- the other side of the fence yeah. a little bit. I get to see the kid that maybe I went to high school with that didn't say much, and then when I left the room, destroyed me and my <laughs> friends. Right, <laughs> so yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. the fun part of me watching Kumail. Yeah, um but I am I am his jawline is fucking great. Yeah, yeah. I'm so jealous. Like I would love to look like him. He's just fucking. And I love, that his, I love that him and his wife are so in love. Like, yeah. I love so much about him. Yeah, so
1: when he hosted, then I was like, oh, cool. And then it felt like, I think Mulaney kicked it off where Lauren was like, maybe we should have stand-ups again. You know? And, I, and then, then Gerard when Gerard Carmichael hosted, I think even Gerard was like, I'm the least famous person that's ever hosted this
0: show. Okay, let's talk about what happened with the Gerard oh, thing yeah. with, with Maren.
1: So, I don't know if you watched Gerard. I've never
0: met Gerard Carmichael. I don't think I have.
1: I've never met him either. Um, uh oh no wait i i I interviewed him many years ago because he did they did an episode of their his show about bill cosby and i was going to interview him about it so i was like oh i'm here to interview about bill cosby and i don't know if there was a miscommunication but he was just like why and then we spent the entire interview arguing if that was a worthy premise for an interview and i was like okay well we'll print that it was an interesting conversation but then so so when you watch with Daniel, I will for those who haven't watched. I've it yet. seen it.
0: I've seen it, I, and it was it was good. It was very soft. It yeah. was it was more like a spoken word. It was tonal. It was like, yeah. he, what was, it, it seemed like he was trying to overproduce what Chappelle did in the Butterfly Effect. Well,
1: I think Chappelle, I, when I saw Butterfly Effect, when well, I Butterfly
0: Effect, what does it call? You, uh, you know what I mean? The Multiman one where prophecy.
1: he. I thought that one, Chappelle saw what Gerard did with Eight. Have you ever seen Eight? The one that he did in the round. No. And I was like. Chappelle saw what Gerard did in eight and goes, that's my thing. Taking big pauses and being quiet. Yeah. And like, cause straight up, like, cause eight is eight. Bo Bo directed all these, but like
0: Bo uh, Burnham's a fucking gangster. Yeah. So he, that motherfucker's good. Yeah. Any, and I will say the sweetest dude in the fucking world. That goes a really long way with me. If you're the kind of standoffy cunt (laughs) that sits in the corner in Montreal and doesn't want to be bothered yeah, by yeah. this, I, you're done to me. You're done. I need you to have feature energy even when you're a headliner. <laughs> That's our business. Yeah. Our business is like, yo, what's up? How you been? Yeah. How's the road? You run into a tell. Run into a tell, and he'll be like, where you been? Where you coming yeah, from? Yeah, yeah. Where you headed to? That's our business. We're all fucking late night comics. And the second you become this fucking standoffy cunt, I lose you. And i don't care about you and i don't mm-hmm. want to talk to you i don't want to be around you bo burnham walked up to me i was no one i was absolutely no one and nothing and he was the hottest item in the business he just came up and he was like hey Bert, it's bo i'm uh i'm out of ball i go bo i know who you are and yeah. he's like and he's tall he's like six nine yeah so he's like he's really disarming because you don't know he's going to be that tall and he was like how's that? how are you having a good festival and i was like yeah man And i was like uh talk to him for a second and I think I even said, "Hey, thanks for saying. <laughs> because that, well, that's the business. Is like, yeah, yeah. yeah. You go to Montreal and you're nobody, yeah. And people and, are and hot, they, and they prior they rank. You can feel the ranking of. You people feel the that- ranking, and and it's like, yo, know, it takes, it doesn't take a lot out of your effort to make someone feel good, mm-hmm. and 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 our and look, it's a narcissistic business, and but Bo Burnham, def, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I George, love Bo sure. Burnham. I yeah, love so Burnham. they,
1: if you watch 8 which is a special they did the story of this special is is wild so they f- I, I didn't go to it but I,
0: I would it. fuck him more as a rough rider than Nathaniel <laughs> like I think he's sexy like this I love the oh, open he's Tim's.
1: oh I, I don't know if you've ever seen him in person he's, he is one of the most handsome people I've ever seen in my entire life I don't know I couldn't stop staring at his chest
0: hairs <laughs> in the fucking when he would like play with his oh, yeah, yeah. gingerly thing yeah I it was a very distracting special there was it was it, it was, was very like bodily right. He was like
1: going like he goes like this a lot. He
0: touches yeah. his neck, and it was like I was like in the silk shirt and like the gold on his hand. I was like I don't I didn't hear one joke he said being dead serious. Yeah, yeah. Because I was watching too much. In which I'm a guy who performs shirtless and I I can take some distraction.
1: But, fuck. but so this they filmed this and I people wrote stories. Jeffrey Gurian wrote a story who went to it Love about, Jeffrey about how it was. One of the, the most uncomfortable, terrible tapings he's ever seen in his entire life. This is, and, and people are tweeting about it. They're like, it was so weird. It took so long. He was barely audible. He would like, they said he'd mumble jokes. He would retake jokes after saying it. He left people like, he would um, stop in the middle and restart things. And, you, and that was the reputation of the special before it came out. And then you watch it and you'd have no idea that was the case. But it has a really weird energy on purpose. It's like a really uncomfortable energy. And like it starts in the middle of the joke. It ends in the middle of the joke. It's... So what was clear was him and Bo had an idea for the type of special they wanted to do. And and then essentially created an experience with the audience for the tape to get... Essentially treating them like actors to get the take they needed to then get the finished product they needed.
0: Okay. Well, now I'm rewatching Nathaniel. So, Rothaniel...
1: Oh, it's Rothaniel? Rothaniel. is the exact same type of thing they do here. There's a lot of manipulations in that that you would have no idea because it just seems so, like, casual and verite or whatever. Yeah. But, like, that was, I think, eight shows. Wow. And this is my favorite example of how it is not as what it seems. Like, actually, it is like a manufactured idea to capture in so much as this is supposed to capture how audiences, how you can be uncomfortable with audiences and try to be in that space because it's like around the 2016 election where Rathaniel's about, oh, this is how intimate it can be with the audience. It was about that idea as much as actually doing it. But to capture that, that opening you talk about, you know, he's walking through the snow. Yeah, It wasn't snowing that night. I know a night they taped that. It wasn't snowing in New York that night. So, what? so they filmed, they either added snow in post or found a day of snowing, filmed him walking in the snow because that was what they wanted the special to feel like coming in from the snow, taking your coat off, giving it to the person and then essentially being welcomed in because it was all an idea they had for we want to capture the feeling of the warmth and the embrace of an audience and the collective blah, 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 blah.
0: Well, I would like to say that Bo Burnham, you're no longer invited to direct anything I've ever <gasps> doing. Because I'm not that smart, and I just be like, I, I'm not that smart. I just tell jokes. Like I really, honestly, just work on the thing. Yeah, yeah. In a, That I say into the microphone and the thing I do on the stage, and that is really insightful and it's brilliant. And I and I can respect that on the deepest fucking level because you know one of my favorite specials or it was and it was a Comedy Central Presents was Mitch Hedberg's. Yeah, yeah. And he was drunk and he fucked up and it it was took an hour and a half. And they didn't get it, and he fucking apologized. I think he started crying yeah, yeah, in yeah. it. Well, and, and then you know all of that, and then you watch it, and it's put together perfectly. And all of a sudden, all these horrific moments in his life string together what looks like the coolest experience yeah, yeah, you've yeah, ever yeah. seen.
1: Yeah, because I think there, I think they're, the taping audience is like this sort of weird thing. So they try to figure out a way. Wow, that's really fucking goddamn it, Bo Burnham's and so th- what I, I what smart. I understand is unlike most comedians who are like, I'm going to tour and I'm going to build back. They start with, so wait, idea. so wait, hold they on. They started with the idea of the type of thing they wanted to capture. Yeah. Before, essentially, Gerard's are doing
0: shows talking about being gay. This is so, so like, what's br- even better about this is, <clears throat> I bet Bo Burnham and Gerard Carmichael when you said, did you see Nathaniel? And yeah. I paused and I went, yeah. I bet they went, ah, we did our job. We got guys like Bert to stop watching during the snow so that we didn't have to deal with his comments on this fucking special. Cause we knew that if we put enough snow, we're gonna weed out all the fucking yeah, guys yeah. that don't read fucking books and don't listen to NPR and don't fucking donate to. to to. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's actually something that you, I, I think I read about in the book because I don't wanna
1: keep on plugging the book, but you, when we, you were on my podcast, we were talking about Nanette and you're like, a lot of the comedians I love also try to push the buttons of the yeah. audience. Yeah, It's just the different types of buttons, right? It's like, I think of like Hannah Gatsby as a person like Patrice because like they both
0: were like, fuck your good time. That's a porn I would watch. (laughs) Patrice and Nanette or Patrice and Hannah.
1: Anyway, so... (laughs) um, But yeah, no, no,
0: she pushed buttons.
1: Yeah, so they push buttons with that on purpose. But so Gerard is doing, though though Rathaniel. So, like, Rothandel is structured not on, like, Nanette where it's, like, at first there's, like, a joke. He does, like, storytelling, like, family stand-up and it's really good. And then out of nowhere, you're like, wait, there hasn't been, like, comedy for, like, the last 20 minutes. And it's just because Gerard and Bo and certain comedians are, like, comedy needs to evolve. Not every comedian has to be like me. Right. But we
0: have to you gotta, you gotta, you expand gotta, it. Uh, people have to do different shit also.
1: Just so that there's, like, there should there's like there should be straightforward specials, but if it's only
0: straightforward specials, then the art form will dry up. That's, that's, I can't dis, I can't disagree with that. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. Yeah. yeah, that's that's really insightful, and it makes me like Drew Michaels did that. Yeah, yeah. Drew Michaels did that. So Gerard directed the first Drew Michaels special, the but one where I, with no audience, yeah, 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 face, yeah, yeah, the Max Hedrum one.
1: Yeah, and I think they Drew was like it was an interesting idea, but maybe not the best. But like now Drew directs his specials, and like. I haven't seen him, but do they do
0: stand up in clubs and stuff?
1: No, uh, I don't know where Gerard works. I think he might do some clubs, but like a lot of it is like rooms, right? It's like you know, like Union Hall or Bell House in New York or something like. It's like rooms that are not full alt, but like essentially, like it's it's not a club club.
0: So let's go. Let's go back to the what did merit? What was the merit? So
1: like on the so. I think both for in both cases, Marin, who believes in sort of that comedy can be button pushed in this way, I think like was turned off or felt that all of these ideas were just sort of masking not just doing the job of being a comic, right? It's but like
0: it could be argued that.
1: Yeah, I think like to me, you can say it's this is it's just value systems and tastes, and it's ultimately being like how um, should a comedian be doing all these things while still being a comedian, still doing the exact like they should still be doing essentially club comedy, but they can push all these directions. Or there's certain people who would be like, I don't need there's there's no conventions that I have to adhere to. We can they, we can completely reinvent all of it, and I think Mark in those conversations with Gerard and Drew Michael kind of would prefer stand up, still be stand up, and like maybe push forward a little bit where I think Drew and Gerard are like, why adhere at all to those things? We don't I agree to. with
0: both of those yeah. people. I agree with, I agree with Gerard and, and Drew, I'm going to, by the way, you just turned me into Gerard Carmichael fan. Like I'm going to watch, yeah, I'm going to rewatch both of those. And if you and know, with that. a fine tooth comb, because first of all, no matter what I say in this podcast, I am a, fucking die, ride or die comedy fan. Yeah. You cannot, like, it, I you cannot do things different enough for me without me trying to figure it out and trying to oh, love have it. Have you seen, do you see the little, the,
1: the little Ralph special that Gerard directed? Which one? The one in, in the in the gym? Yeah. I
0: loved it. Yeah. I, t- I told that to Little Rel. It's one of my favorite specials ever. Yeah, it's one of the greatest specials and ever. And like, oh. if we're talking about breaking rules, this is going to be sound super silly to you, but like he was sweaty in it. That's yeah. a real, weird rule. Like the, that all of a sudden I didn't get distracted by yeah, yeah.
1: his fucking sweat. Because they figured out exact energy. I mean, they shot it
0: in daylight. That was... they shot, and it they in shot daylight, daylight and it. The, the sunset. It was so oh, fucking good. Yeah, yeah. It was so fucking good. So like
1: that is like probably the most seamless example of all these things we're talking about. But like... I... I think people because I like this stuff think I don't like regular stand-up. But like I like regular stand-up. find regular stand-up. Like, just, like a special that looks like a Comedy Central special that like they... Okay, Comedy Central special. These are the ten shots we have to have every special oh, do. Yeah, and well, see, like- but
0: I can. Okay, so that is, uh, like, that is. I'm trying to think of the example. I'm, I don't immediately go to porn, but like that's the that's the girl on girl stuff. It's like you can't deny it. It's everything you like, especially if it's done well. You can catch hints, but it's never gonna get you off, right? Like, it's never gonna like. It's never gonna be like the thing that because you're like I need a little bit more but like sure. good joke writing is good joke writing yes. and, and there's been some people that have done their own little thing that way here's the thing that I I have to say that I respect in in what Gerard and Bo and Drew are doing is sometimes you'll see a comedian try to push the boundaries they don't know that they're not pushing mm. the boundaries they put on a, an affected voice ah. So, my mom drove me here. And you're sure. like, no, I know you think you're being different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're actually a trope. Yes, yeah, yeah. And so, you think you invented being emo fellows. Exactly. Exactly. And, 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 I mean, and there's so many phases of that that I, it makes, it pushes me towards that and the yeah. net. Cause, you know, ultimately that's what Patrice was doing. Cause Patrice was doing shit that the, when, when everything was inside the the, the goalposts yeah. and they were like, it needs to be this, Patrice was outside yeah, the goalposts. Yeah, yeah. And so, and and there were a lot of people that did not like what Patrice did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people. Even I, people that liked him would be like, I don't like what he's doing. There were times that I was like, why do you need to tell that joke? Yeah, yeah. I really don't understand. You had them. They liked you. Yeah. Yeah, if you think of it, if you remove the idea of the
1: audience should like you, that, and, and if you accept Certain, it's like, stand-up is an art form like anything else. If you, and, like, it's also a job and it's a craft, right? It's like, um, like, it's it's so funny. I laughed because you were like, I, I'll compare it to porn, where in the book I compare it to, like, um, what's called post-structuralist architecture. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, wow, we have very different examples. But we're getting to the same point, which is essentially, like, in the mid-20th century, people built house, designed houses and buildings that were unhabitable. Like, you could not live in them. You could not walk... Because that guy was like, I just want to push architecture forward to make design more interesting. I don't care about the people. Are you talking
0: about the Fountainhead? No, but it's... D- it's a, did you ever read the Fountainhead? No, but I it's... It's Howard Rourke was the guy that was like, yeah, I don't give a fuck about spires. They don't fucking serve the thing. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. It, it's, but, it,
1: there's this guy, Peter Eisenman. But like architects, like we think of sometimes as like comedians, narcissists, like architects, are like truly are like will go be above and beyond. Can you
0: say the thing you said again so they can Google it and I can look, read what you're talking about later? Because I love this. Post-structuralist architecture. Can you just send that to me? Post-structuralist architecture. Peter Eisenman. Okay.
1: So Am I the first going. person
0: to break up post-structuralist architecture? On this podcast? Yeah. So, but um, it, it is... African circumcisions <laughs> have been brought up more on this podcast. But the
1: thing. idea is that like... Stand-up is a job and it's a craft and you like, I'm here to entertain the audience. And, and But it's also, you're expressing yourself.
0: Well, here's the, okay, so
1: here's- And the, it's always a balance and every, every comedian will have their own balance.
0: Everyone, and everyone, don't ever tell anyone what to talk about on stage. Don't yeah. tell them how to do it on stage. Also, don't ever tell anyone what to wear on stage. That's the fucking most frustrating thing to me. What's crazy is the, I, I for my money, I'm always a sucker for a good story. That's yeah. what I love in stand-up. I love a good story. I love vulnerability. I love oversharing. And and so, and I love for you to, I love and if you can do it without me realizing you did it, You for you to change my mind on mm. something. I love that in stand-up. I love when you hear a story. I think that's why I like Kumail so much. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I liked, uh, like, Dimitri Martin and, like, just to hear other sides of the fence. Patrice, yeah, or would would argue the other side of a of a story that you didn't see, where you hear someone's perspective. Mike Epps was brilliant at that. I say Chappelle's brilliant at that. You know, of like what it's like. You know when Chappelle says, you know, I didn't grow up in the streets, but I won't disagree with it or whatever he says. Mm. You know, I've never I've never contested that fact. I love that he shares that. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, most people just assume you know. But it, I love that when. I love those little nuggets and I love a truth that is so undeniable that like you're like that it, you know the person didn't write it, it just happened. When yeah. you share like that, that for me is my favorite thing. And so I think with, especially with Rufan, Rufaniel, I wanted, I I, I want, I, I, maybe I didn't want to be manipulated as an audience member. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to be, I wanted to be shared with. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to hear the experience and I wanted to, I, and that's all I really need stand-up to be for me. That's yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now I will go through and I will watch those. Yeah, with I think I think
1: that's a definitely right. Because I think if you're that good at directing or you're trying to do that thing, that is a certain wall of being vul- from vulnerability, which is like, oh, we made a piece, right? And you, it, so it's less access to the, the pain of it. It's more like the idea of it, right? It's yeah. more about the, he's like conveying what the emotional experience is like opposed to just like, here is it is, here it is. It's yeah. like spilling so like, it. did
0: you Do you remember when, uh, did you ever watch Anthony Jesselnik's uh, special where he spent 30 minutes talking about a shark attack? Yeah, the thoughts and prayers. And I was like, I was like, I loved it. I love, And I, I wanted to be like, can you just do more of that, please? He's so good at those things. Yeah. I. I he's thought- a brilliant, he's a brilliant, he is the most brilliant <laughs> joke yes. writer. And by the way, I don't want to say this out loud because you know he's, only when you run into him He'll make fun of you for saying it out loud because mm-hmm. that's who he is. Yeah, yeah, and that's who he is. That's who he is. That is who he is to the core. But I mean, it's the best, one of the best jokes ever fucking written in the world is the joke that he opened his last special with. My buddy's wife doesn't like me. The other day she came up to me and she goes, you guys aren't allowed to hang out together. And you know this joke? No. You guys aren't allowed to hang out anymore. And uh, and she, he, he, she goes, no. Because he, the other day, he called me something that I know he must have heard from you. And he goes, did he call you a cunt? And she goes, no. And he goes, well, they didn't hear it from me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so fucking, I ruined that joke. But it's so good. And so, and by the way, the only joke I think better than that is Dave Chappelle's Kicker in the Pussy.
1: Oh, I, I that's an, it's so funny. Because I criticize that joke in the book. Uh, well, I'll, I'll explain why. Which okay. is, I, By the way, I'm dying to read your fucking book now. You know this is going to be the only book I read this year. You can listen to it. Really? Yeah, I recorded the audiobook, so you'll have to get used to this voice, but yeah.
0: I love your voice. Oh, thank
1: you. Um so I well What chapter is the Chappelle critique? Um chapter eight, which is also where I write about Anthony Jeselnik. It Anthony Jeselnik has multiple of my favorite jokes. He's my favorite roast joke ever. What's that? Which is uh when he was on the Roseanne roast, he goes when Roseanne uh when Roseanne was on, everyone on staff had a walk on eggshells around her because she would not stop eating eggs. <laughs> and I, 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 it's, it's honest. My, I love roast jokes. It's my favorite roast joke. Roast ever. jokes are great. And, um, but the joke I have in there, he goes, who do you think was the first person to say, uh, who was the first person? Who do you think was the first person to say the first million is the hardest? I think it was Hitler. <laughs> so I use an example because I'm Jewish. And I talk about like, I I think that's okay because I trust, you know, like there's a lot of factors that make something offensive to you in that experience. But in that same chapter, I talk about that Chappelle joke, which that joke I'm fine with. But my overall critique
0: was Dave Chappelle. Can I, Oh, with, hold on, can I, yeah. can I question, wonder what your critique is? I, is it a device? That you... I think Chappelle, <coughs> Um,
1: <clears throat> I think the best Chappelle, let me think, let me think of how I put it. I think it's like a little corny for how good of a comedian he is. Oh, I, but
0: that's what... The, can I tell you that? But I what understand
1: I, like... Because you're what. what is nice about it is that he's going... You know what the punchline is and you're still going to laugh at it because I'm going to like get you to exactly the point to do it. Yeah. So I actually... Again, I am fine with that joke. My problem is... This My problem with Chappelle formally, regardless of my political or my social disagreements with him, is that he does a lot of big wind ups to sharp turn punchlines now. Yeah. And I think that is, makes his act, if you're paying close attention, get a little repetitive, just sort of sonically, regardless of the fact that he talked about the same topics over and over again. Is that he
0: is we doing might, a lot of might, like. We might be the first podcast Chappelle ever listens to. <laughs> Well, I,
1: have, I write about him a lot in the book. I, you write about him a lot in the book? I write positive things about him. And I write uh, this... I, I wouldn't even say it's negative. I mean, like, I do think it is reasoned. And I'd say, like, this is why... Because he was one of the comedians that, like, Chris Chris Rock and then his... Um, his 1999 or what, 2000, whatever, that Telling year. Him yeah, that was huge. That was maybe my favorite special this ever. So good. And then I saw him... Second, it was between the first and second scene of the Chappelle show. I was going to the comedy cellar. He came in late, late night's show at the end of the show. They're like, oh, we have a drop in. It's Dave Chappelle. Was like, and he did, he did three hours of sort of just hanging out, you know, yeah. that thing. And I, it was amazing. I don't even know what he said, but I was like, wow, this has changed my understanding of what stand-up to be. So he's yeah. huge for me. And um, so I find it frustrating where I'm like, when you are, when you're being a sh- essentially like a shock comic, sh- like that style of comedy is, I think, for a comedian less talented than Dave Chappelle. When you're doing like long talking and then being like, say some, so like Kicker and the Pussy in itself is fine, but I feel like that a lot of his jokes have become followed that path yeah. since. That is my Jacob Dave
0: Chappelle. I I uh, yeah, I I I. I enjoyed kicker in the pussy the same way i enjoyed louie Louis would say stuff like uh a guy pulled up in the car next to me and was like eat a bag of dicks and, and then he was like how do i even go about it? like mm. he would take louie would take sometimes a very simple or yeah, or, yeah. or almost like hacky premise and he'd and he'd do it and he'd be like i'm so good i don't care yeah like, and it made me it, it as a comic gave me the uh, uh, the authority in my own act to explore everything and yeah. not have to write the precious stuff yeah yeah yeah. um i i love that joke because even as a professional comedian i did not see the kid yeah, 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 i yeah. told you i'm dope yeah, like yeah. i loved it i i you you probably being dead serious will never hear a negative word come out of my mouth about chapelle mm. o- only because i had those epiphanous moments yeah. where Where I saw him when I was very young and stand up and I and or I was his age, but he was was doing. Knew and he was like ten years ten years in, and I was blown away at his ability and his ability to be in the pocket and so confident and so meandering and writing jokes and he'd come up with so many new jokes of the day.
1: Yeah, I would. I like I. I think of Dave Chappelle when people think of him as like when comedians say he's the best or greatest or whatever. I think of it as live in a club, just being there, being present and just figuring out what the room is doing. I think his, where I think of like the best material comedian, like I think Chris Rock is better at generating material. Like I, like yeah. through the process of using an audience to whatever. And I, That's, I
0: hard. That's a hard one for me because I do, I Chris Rock's the reason I got into stand-up. Yeah, yeah. Chappelle's the first person I saw that did it like Dip, at, yeah. that, at yeah. that level. And the two, those two guys uh, for me I, I'm just, uh, I'm. But, but but I think Chappelle,
1: um, he's so good in a room that I think sometimes when he's in these issues that have got him negative feedback, it is because he. It's how how could he know that people m- might be have a problem with it? He's he's killing wherever he goes. Like, well, in the room, you're Dave Chappelle. You're you are the greatest at being in a room, maybe in the history of comedy. So it's going to be really hard to know what this joke
0: sounds like to people not in this room. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I, he's just uh,
1: and that's. Not, I don't think of that as a necessarily a negative critique. It's like the goal of the book is not like this comedian's good, this comedian's bad. It really is like, oh, this is a different way to think of it. Do you I don't write care about what you're. Tom Segura in this book, he is mentioned once in the chapter about <laughs> Chappelle because when he was on my podcast, he talked about. Um, kind of finding a hacky to do the type of joke structure which is like they say you can't say this word and then like trying to figure out to do a joke where you say that word a bunch of times and he when he's on my podcast he was saying i used to do that and then i realized it's like kind of cheating and it's like kind of cheap so like i use that as an example of like there's a lot of people doing that type of joke
0: is this before the r word controversy or after
1: In what regard? I don't even know which controversy you mean. Never mind. (laughs) Me either. It was about a lot of comedians do that, like do jokes that are like, I think it's okay to say that word. But like, and then insert the words you're doing. I mean, all they're doing is the Louis joke about saying the N-word. Like everyone's still doing that joke he did 20 years ago. Yeah. And it's like,
0: well, if you're doing anything from 20 years ago, it's like maybe you should try to do. This is why I love you. Because you are as thoughtful about the thing I love as I am, it's almost like you grew up with my wife, and you're you're her best you're her best friend growing up, and all the things she does, you can explain why she does them to me. It's uh, but I, I but about comedy, you're as in your second wife, my, comedy. Well, I might love comedy more than my wife. Wow, that's, that's on you. Um, if uh, you ask the internet, they think I'm cheating on my wife with Tara Manning. <laughs> yeah, they think that she licked my butthole and bought me a boat which I I'm like not. the
1: idea of asking the internet, not just like if you look at the internet, but like <laughs>
0: who's Bert cheating on his wife with? Uh, the answer is Taryn Manning. Um, what, uh, so who, what other comics do you talk about in the book?
1: I, I talk about a lot. I mean, so What's my chapter about, huh? Is my chapter truth. Truth. Oh, I was yeah. so excited because like when the Hassan Minaj stuff happened. Yeah. I was like, Hey, did you, what did you think about his defense? Let's, let's it is all of this. It's we're the not, most fascinating thing that's
0: ever happened. It's very <laughs> fascinating. It's very fascinating. Okay. Let's get into the- I little. honestly thought we might only talk about this and we're oh. already like however long- oh, it. I, oh, we're- Do you have a hard out? No, no. Okay, good. But I
1: was like, this is like the main thing I was going to talk to you about because so I- The story comes out and I go like, wow, I have a chapter in my book about truth that I did not think any person would care about. And now this happens and I'm like, Oh, I can finally explain what, how truth works in comedy. Yeah. So I start talking about when I interviewed you and you tell the story of, of the telling the machine story and realizing you were, trying, you were trying so hard to prove it was correct when really the audience needed a different ending. And, you yeah. talk, and essentially you're like implying that the, the literal truth was less useful to the audience, then essentially the emotional truth, which is a proper ending. You didn't
0: say emotional truth. I did not say emotional truth. But like... I'm not smart enough to say emotional truth. But you're like
1: near that space. And then, as I explain in the book, I realized something about you, which is... That's interesting. So, you're on my podcast. We talked for two and a half hours or something like that. Then you talked about being on my podcast on Two Bears, One Cave. And you're, you're perfectly nice. Okay. But in the retelling of the story... A fairly benign story about you appearing on some journalist podcast became this like larger than life podcast. Like larger than life story about like, you know, usually they're only 45 minutes, but ours was two hours. I, dude, I'm
0: I so yeah, even even in telling the story of telling that story, I turn it into an emotional truth.
1: You, yeah, you so what I realize is like all artists stretch things, all people might forget things like the research shows like what we think of as our memory is just actually a manifestation of what we think happened in the past based on who we are currently and what happens with comedians is they filter their life through what would work on stage as i described you essentially have become a storytelling machine which is like you live your life and the good story version of your life is what you remember that's all i remember so that and so that is interesting when you're like what really happened is like well this is this is what it feels like it happened. Yeah. So, and then, but
0: then with Hassan, it's a different thing. But I thought it was so interesting that it's like, I need you to feel what I feel yeah. in order to tell you how I felt. I feel like my feelings are very important to me. And so, if I, uh, like, if I, if I told you, like, I, I, this is a really interesting, it happened, it happened yesterday. And then I, but I, and this is a true, yeah. 100% true story, but, we did a one minute max on the assault bike yesterday. Sure. Me, my assistant Peter, and Nomi. My trainer. Yeah. I wanted to see what my max was. I ended up doing a minute at 35 and I'd never been more gassed in my life. Peter tried it, who's younger than me, should be in better shape, and he couldn't get within eight points of mine. Sure. My trainer then did it and threw up. Mm-hmm. And that and that's the story that I need you to hear, right? Yeah. My trainer did it. Yeah and Leanne we're in bed last night I go Nomi did it and she fucking threw up and Leanne goes oh my god oh my god like what that is horrible and I went yeah I know and then I left it and we went to bed and then Leanne found out that she threw up in the bathroom she goes I thought she threw up in the thing and I said yeah yeah, I I knew I kind of felt that you felt that and I didn't want to take that Mm -hmm. away from the story because it made it a little better but yeah yeah. but she threw up in the bathroom she goes wait did you see her throw up and I went no she goes, so wait, how do you know she threw up? I go, well, she went to the bathroom. And then she told me she had taken vitamins and they, she told me and Peter she threw up. And she was like, hold on, but you didn't see her throw up. I go, well, no. And she's like, well, when you told the story, yeah, yeah, she was yeah. like throwing up as she did it. And I was like, well, yeah, I know, I know. But like, I do that to Tom will make me retell a story to him because he'll be like, hold on, hang on. Like, I, I told a story about the 60th improv anniversary the other day. And as, as I'm telling it, Tom knows me well enough to go like, like, Okay, like, because I'll tell a real, like something, especially in mm-hmm. comedy gossip, you know, like comedy gossip's pretty good. And Tom wants to know the truth of the comedy <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. And I but, I, but I'll tell you the story way fucking better. I'll tell you the story way better so that you laugh. That's all I give a fuck about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is like. uh, But that's, so that's an
1: interest, that, and that's not, that, that's how I think of comedians, which is either like, that's so you laugh and, or you'll understand how I felt about it. And that is the standard for all
0: artists, right? It's I'm not gonna, like- I'm gonna get into the weeds on this. So now so here's like, where here's where yeah. a lie loses me. Now now obviously <clears throat> I I will say this, I, and I'm I, I don't know Hassan, yeah. H- Hassan Minaj it. but uh but I, I like him. I and I liked Patriot. Act. I, mm-hmm. I really liked Patriot Act. I enjoyed it the same way. Yeah. It's like seeing it from the other side of the fence is for me, I enjoy that type of stuff. Um I I don't really Care if they lied on Patriot Act about facts? I don't care because I don't really pay attention that much <laughs> either. Like I'm just like I'm like whatever. It, it was pretty funny and it was yeah. good and I don't care. You I like and this is really bad, but like I don't care if you tell me that fucking something about Saudi Arabia. I don't really care. Like I'm never going there. And I and that's, and that's I, the radical
1: I, opposite <clears throat> end of this argument, which is like
0: I think comedians should lie even when they're telling the no, news. Yeah, but that's the part. What's so funny is okay. Uh, my lying in comedy that that. Yeah, that pulls me is when it's a it's it's a it's a cartoonish buffoonish lie, mm-hmm. I, and then I go well, okay, never mind. Just go to your next joke. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's interesting because a lot of <clears throat>
0: people were like, "Oh, I understand like stretching the truth or
1: lying if it's for the joke." And it's like one, everything a comedian is doing on stage is part of the eventual joke. Even if there's yeah. two minutes of them being serious, that is all buildup, right? Yeah. Every comedian doing that on purpose. But also, like, often the lies that feel the worst are when you're like, that is so a joke. It feels yucky.
0: So blatantly. Yeah. Where you're like, and then two elephants rolled up and, and we jumped on the, and you're like, huh, hold yeah. on, hold and on, And it, it
1: cheapens the entire <clears throat>
0: story before. It cheapens the art form, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. So that's what pulls me out. And wow. I will say this. And I will say this, having said I like Hasan Minaj, And I hope he appreciates that I said his name fucking right, as I will give him a subtle critique. I do not think it's fair in stand-up. In mm. stand-up. I don't give a fuck about your TV show. Yeah. In stand-up, I do not think it's fair to manipulate uh, feelings. I don't think oh, it's... Oh, interesting. I don't think it's fair to... Mani- it's, it's, it's okay to manipulate feelings of like, of like I need you to feel tense in this moment. Yeah, 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 okay. But to, to tug on racial shit, that bothers me a little bit. If it's not 100% real. <clears throat> it's not 100% true. It's like you can't... That's like,
1: like honestly, if, if, I, I want, that's like the most... That's what when progressive people are upset about it. That's their take as
0: well. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> like like if, if if D. Ray Davis said... Uh, I'm saying D. Ray because I'm a friend of mine yeah. and I just saw him the other night so I know I'm a safe place. But if he said, uh, I'm a descendant of slaves. Yeah. My grandmother uh, worked hand in hand with... Harriet Tubman and then I was like that's an amazing story he's like oh yeah they, they, we're not even from Africa I was like what? like that's when I feel yeah, lied yeah, yeah, that's yeah. when I feel lied to oh interesting uh, yeah
1: it's so funny because that is when people were, I think the first wave which is just the story comes out a lot of people I knew were upset because that when you do that you run the risk of delegitimizing a lot of people's stories A lot, that of are people, everyone's
0: stories yeah. everyone's stories if you're gonna make me you can you can lie to me if you're gonna make me laugh you lie to me if it's gonna enhance the laugh I'm about to get yeah I would look I'm not I'm talking about stand-up I'm not talking about Patriot yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Patriot I don't really give a fuck it's an entertaining show I'm not I'm not gonna write any of those facts down anyway <laughs> it's just like just tell me a good story on, well, it's I, TV
1: yeah but I so I think so
0: Fox that- is doing it CNN's doing it they're all doing it yeah the Daily Show I guess it's supposed to be news I don't know who watches fucking Comedy Central <laughs> fucking everyone's up in arms uh, does anyone watch the Daily Show is that a thing still?
1: Yeah, it does. All right.
0: So know. apparently this, this is it, the. Scrap that. Let's go back to Hassan. Well,
1: it's so. like Trevor, like Trevor Noah's version. People are like, I don't know. I don't watch they're Like, yeah, it's for the same. Remember how old you were when you watched The Daily Show? Yeah. Those people watch Trevor. Yeah. You are now are older than their He's got a podcast now. Trevor? Yeah. he's a great talker.
0: He's a, he, by the way, sweetest dude in the world.
1: I, I, I just, it's like, I thought he's an like, okay comedian. I, I oh, think he's
0: a really say. talented comedian. He's
1: really talented. But like, he's not... I just meant my... In terms of like personal preference. Oh, but yeah, like yeah. when he
0: does panels, I'm like, this guy... Is, oh, he's quick. He's, he's been, like a great... He's fan. been with it for a long <laughs> time. Yeah, yeah. But, but that's my problem with truths in stand-up is when you manipulate people's yeah, yeah. feelings I think about racial stuff, that's when you lose me. So then I go, now we can't trust anybody. Now yeah. we definitely can't trust you. So I don't even want to hear you talk anymore. And I learned that. Uh I learned that in my first six months of comedy, I had a joke about uh I had a joke about a fight I had witnessed <clears throat> in freshman year. And and I I told it and then and then and it was it was it's just a very long time ago. It was twenty five mm-hmm. years ago. So forgive me for what I'm about to tell you it was a fight between two kids that didn't go well. And then there was an outcast song and uh, there was a phrase in it, who wants to fuck with Hollywood court? Okay. And I liked that phrase. And so I put that in. And then as I put it in, I made uh, the kid, I made one of the kids a special needs kid. Mm. And then it turned into a fucking hilarious story. It was a really good story now because now one of the kids who, by the way, wasn't special needs, is dead now. But... uh, and you didn't need to know that but uh and so i got done i did it one night and it murdered so fucking hard and i got done and i was like i'm i'm like moving forward to stand up i went down to the bagged and a guy who at the time booked aspen Mm -hmm. came up to me and was like that story is fucking spectacular and i was like oh thanks and he said is is that true i didn't know that you couldn't yeah, lie yeah. on stage. And I went, No, not at all. I wrote it. And he goes, What do you mean you wrote it? I said, None of it's true. I said, I witnessed a fight in high school, yeah, but yeah. and he goes, Well, wait, <clears throat> wait, hold on. There wasn't like a special need. This is back when you could say the R word yeah, yeah. really aggressively, which made it really funny. Yeah. I and can there see was it you like, could use stereotypes of yeah, like they're yeah. stronger than gorillas. Yeah, 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 and like you could and and so it was and then he goes, None of that's true? And I was like, No. And I thought he would say, Wow, you're a genius yeah, writer. Yeah, yeah. And he went, Oh And the look in his face was like, oh. And he was like, okay. All right. It was good meeting you, man. And he just left. And I went, why did he do that? It was a great story. He liked the story. And then I was like, oh, he wanted it to be true because he believed it. Yeah. And then I was like, "And so if you start lying on stage, then all of a sudden, no one's going to believe you. And then, and then, and then your, your value's gone. Yeah. And so then the next story I wrote was take an acid and go to Disneyland. And I was like, and it was very based in truth, and I was like, I was like, all right, I got to keep it. Like I could, I can make things outrageous, but they have to be, they have to be grounded yeah. in the, in the truth of this story. It's it's the, I mean, and I'm I I I, it's the big problem I had with the machine was that, it was so easy to tell on radio, yeah, and to Rogan because it was not punched up. It yeah. was just the story, and it's an outrageous story. And I can leave it. Yeah. But on stage, what I did on that radio, what I did on Rogan's show, you cannot do on stage. You can't just take podcast stories and tell them on stage. Stage has a different expectation. They expect you to dance a little harder. And so I was not prepared to either to do the work or to get away from the truth. When when it's your story, you are married. I am, as a stand-up comedian, I'm married to the truth. Mm-hmm. and it's really hard to write out of that truth. Like another comic can see what you're doing and very quickly go, you know what you need to do? What? Yeah, yeah. You need to get rid of the fucking other guy. And you're like, huh? You're like, it's distracting. It's I don't almost, need to know. Yeah.
1: It's almost always the, the the most common manipulation or thing a comedian does is condense the amount of people in the story. Do you talk about Louis in the book? Yeah, yeah. Like, like... Uh, so he's in the same chapter you're in. So... Oh, fuck. He, so... <laughs> this is my feeling about Louis, and I think some people will see it as... I don't think of any, I don't think I write really negatively about anyone in the book in terms of like, but I would say like, obviously there's sort of negative skew to Louis, but it's mostly about what people perceived Louis of before the story came out, which was like, I don't know if you remember what the press was like towards Louis pre 2016 it was like I he's did. the greatest comedian ever it's ever lived and he's the most honest man that's ever existed yeah and that perception of a comedian so i use him as an example of it's interesting we thought he was always telling the truth on stage because like there's examples where he talked about like i don't know i'm not telling the truth on stage. like there's um i don't know if you watched I, i'm sure you watched it but you remember talking funny the thing he did with yeah, Fr- of course yeah so there's a moment where it's it's a very interesting moment because Jerry Seinfeld says, this is my favorite one of your jokes, Louis. And then he does the joke, but it sounds like a Jerry Seinfeld joke. Um, And Ricky goes like, see, that's the difference between you. Like, Jerry, you say jokes, but I don't even think Louis writes anything. He just going, I just see a guy falling apart for my pleasure on stage. And Louis goes, yeah, that's how my little kid sees it. I'm doing everything. I know all the moves. It's just like, that's the act that I'm pretending to be doing that thing. So like, I use him as an example to be essentially like one like his example of honesty is like maybe not the best definition of when we think of like, what does it mean to be honest on stage? And then I try to explain like maybe these are more useful definitions like being vulnerable in certain ways, blah, blah, blah. And also to um, talk about how for certain people, once you don't trust him anymore, it's hard to then... Be a fan of him, right? I think there's a certain amount of, and certain people are fine with him, right? Still, but yeah. like he's huge. He still plays Madison Square Garden. I'm still friends with him. Yeah. But like there are people
0: that. He still plays Madison Square Garden.
1: Right? Yeah. So it's not like. <laughs> he but, just did. I think he did two shows. Yeah. So it's like he used to be able to do four shows, or whatever. So then, but like there's people that I think. I mean, you got to take a hit, you know? Yeah. But there's people <laughs> that like you. And so there's a quote which is like, it's like, um, it's less about he lost fans because of what the accusations are that he. Admitted to or whatever, as much as like, it's hard to be a fan of a person that used to hold up to a certain standard as like the most truthful thing that's ever happened. And then you find out that maybe he wasn't telling the exact truth about everything. That's, it's hard to, and not unlike what you're saying with other comedians.
0: So it's uh it's the Aziz thing. Yeah. Did you write about Aziz? No. Well, but it's, like, it's like. But it's, Aziz, well, that was, well, by the way, that was just a straight hit piece. I don't think that was a journalist. Yeah, that, that, that,
1: that, that I don't think that was that, just a straight hit yeah, piece. Yeah, that one, I remember when that came out um people being like this is not how you're supposed Jane. to Jane.com it doesn't exist anymore people no. are like this is how you're but supposed hey, to write buy this. it
0: someone buy it jane.com <laughs> and we're going to put it to a a a, a, a ziza sorry a fucking tribute page yeah. but it was like
1: we're like it's you're not supposed to do the story like that one because it it's not as coverable and also it's somewhat unfair to the victim to describe them this way like when you write those stories you're supposed to do it in a way that like is Protecting
0: everyone involved in certain ways, and that story
1: was sort of felt offhand, and and
0: but it was also it was also, and I think this is what I I think this is what you're saying. Like I've always had a thing, like I, I it's a, it's a joke, but but my wife is the safest woman in America. Like I'll never cheat on her. I'll mm. never be disingenuous to her because if I do, I'll lose all my fans. I know yeah. that. I yeah, know yeah, that. Yeah, 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 And so because I preach one thing on stage. If I if you see a video of me shaking my kid outside of a car yeah. and going, fucking come on, then all of a sudden everything I say on stage is gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So because I tell you I'm who I am, I tell you everything about me. I tell you that I love my kids. I love my wife. I think my kids are fucking stupid. Uh, but you know that that's in love. Yeah, yeah. I say, I say that uh, my wife's getting old or whatever. All my jokes. But you know that where those intentions are coming from are in, yeah and and from coming from a loving sweet place the second you see the other side of that i'm ruined i'm ruined now i never i would say the same thing happened and i i respectfully i do not know aziz but i and i and uh but i will say that what i think happened to him was a was a a it was a it was a branding issue his brand was yeah. i'm a woke bay I go on things, I do pronouns right. And I, I don't even know if pronouns were around yet, but like I mean I do, they were around, but I, I understand. I do pronouns mean. right, but then behind closed doors, I'm like doing this. And I think that is it, you only get canceled if you fuck with your fans. Yeah. Your fans can cancel you. And so like Louis fans, half of them are like, are like yeah, he talked about fucked up yeah, shuttle yeah, yeah, The other half were the ones what we were talking about, where you go, where you say sometimes it's easy to sell a fucking mm. like it's like all of a sudden if Nate Bargatze comes out and he doesn't have an accent, yeah. then all of a sudden or he are, like well, went to Harvard or whatever. Yeah, he went to Harvard <laughs> and 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 you are like what? And he was like, like just so you are- know, I voted for Biden. And they're like what the fuck? Yeah. like that's when he. I think he has to
1: convey. I I don't vote in a way that no one like. I, like, I think he literally can't, his line is being almost political at all. Like, I think yeah. even, fa- let's say I have no sense of his ultimate line, leaning in terms of, like, where he would vote. And I don't know if he does, but, like. Nate does, doesn't strike me as someone who votes. Yeah, so I imagine there's even people who, whatever on his side, would be like, why well, not coming here for that? Like yeah. I, And I do think he captures a certain amount of America's desire to, like have a place where I'm not coming here for that, right? I yeah. think you can project your mouth and he's just talking about, like, being a person and, like, what is it like being dumb? Like, there is a sort of purity to it. And I think there's a lot of comics that, I mean, the Hassan thing is not, it's not unlike a branding issue in terms of, like, oh, he's, like, a journalist person. Well, like, and, yeah. some, and sometimes yeah. it's in your control and sometimes it's not. Because comedians often like to be maximized being famous, they will lean into, if people are, like, you're so honest. It's it, very few. Like, actually, I'm not like, I'm, um, you know,
0: like they'll accept being called that in profiles or something like that. But I think it is. Or even, even it backfires with woke people. Yeah. Your branding issue. Uh, Patton Oswald, very woke, very woke, very liberal, took a picture next to Dave Chappelle. Yeah, yeah. And the, and his fans were like, that's it. Unfollowed, dead to me. And you're like, well, he didn't, but it's a branding issue. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's bombing on the highest level. When cause, So like sometimes you'll tell a joke, like I said last night, where I said fingering a pussy, and it's a bomb joke. But it's like, a, oh, but you're, it's a very small level. Yeah, yeah. But when you bomb on a high level, and all of a sudden, I'm in the fucking Cayman Islands on a boat screaming at my wife, you're a fucking whore. No one trusts you. And then all of a sudden, that video comes out. That's a huge bomb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're like, everyone's like, you know, it's, it 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 puts a face on something that they didn't that they, they didn't believe. And then they yeah.
1: go, oh, now I have to believe that. I can't unsee that. Well, it's, it's so comedy is rooted in the same... We laugh the same reason chimpanzees laugh. So... I made a gorilla laugh one time. Yeah. Which is they 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 laugh. And yeah. their laughter is not unlike human, which is like you, you trust the person. It's not there to hurt you. Right? So it's like right. you see monkeys laugh. It's because they're like rolling around or something like that. Yeah. We're doing a thing that is like roughhousing, but in a playful way because I trust you and I feel safe with you. That is a really useful or necessary for comedy to work. So when you, when you don't trust them anymore, no matter how good your joke is, it doesn't matter because you're not in the right state to receive it. Like the yeah. audience is as important for a comedy show to work as a comedian in so much as they have to be generating the space for
0: comedy to exist in. Let's go back to the book. You, you, when you sit down to write the book, Yeah. What what was your what was your like your main stroke of like I wanna do a book about
1: this, yeah. So the goal was first it started with I did a ranking of very Adam Sandler movie for four years ago.
0: Ooh. Uh, it, is it online? Yeah, yeah. It's pull like it twenty
1: five thousand words long. Oh,
0: and Okay, pull it down. <laughs> well you can still but you still There's a list, it, right? You can, yeah, you can still Number skip. one, Happy Gilmore. No. Um, okay. It's it's I, I Guess. Keep on guessing, OMC. Give five one. guesses. Number one, Billy Madison. No. Number one, uh, my first hundred dates. Fifty first dates, no. Fifty first dates. No, it's not Zoltan. No. Uh, not. The Wedding Singer? No.
1: No. Nope, nope. This is, I love it. I, uh, I haven't got to talk about this list in a while.
0: The first, my, my favorite Adam Sandler movie. Uh, it's not going to be don't look and then slow down because I want to see the response of what I see it's not going to be Adam and Eve it's Jack and Jill Jack and Jill <laughs> uh, it's not going to be uh The Precious Gems nope it's I can't even remember what. Is cute. it Airheads
1: no Airheads is like pretty low on the list it's an enjoyable movie but he's like he's barely at the yeah, height yeah, of his I mean, powers. I'm, I'm, uh the one with him and, and Marlon Wayans no, that's Damon Wayans. Damon Wayans. Marlon Wayans was like a fourteen-year-old at the time. <laughs> that movie's bad. That movie is really bad because they they shot it as an R and then they re-edited it to be PG-13.
0: My favorite Adam Sandler. You've got me. It's Click. For real?
1: Yeah. So the goal of the list. Nick Swardson wrote that. Really? I think so. So that's like I mean, everyone does it. Pass right. So like the goal of the list was I'm gonna watch every movie in a row and because adam is so and i write about this in the book but like adam is was so often hated by film critics for real yeah like his he gets the worst reviews from it makes forever. Me
0: feel so good
1: <laughs> and then i was like well what happens if you watch all of his movies in a row and try to evaluate them not from the, the water you know, boy from the perspective of cinema but from, daddy, from the perspective of all the daddy, other adam sandler movies billy madison's number four Hundredth love number three. love number three.
0: It's got to be Happy Gilmore.
1: No, Happy Wedding Singer is number two. Wedding Singer's fucking awesome. So then, let's like, sell the. Then Click number one. So the idea is. So can you what, tell me who wrote Click? It's one of those things where it's because of Adam rewrites all of his movies. It's like anger it's, management. It's all like a. It's pretty like, anger management. Is really funny. It really fucking holds up. Really funny. But like, it's always like a WGA thing of like who writes which draft, but um. That is a movie that feels like it has the most of like what Adam was trying to do in any of his movies. Really, in both, um, it's funny in his
0: ways. Oh no, it was written by. Yeah, but that means I'm mean, sure Adam Steve, did pass because I talked Korn to. Stephen Corn is fucking amazing. But Corn wrote uh, Bruce Almighty. Yeah,
1: and I talked to Frank, which was like, it was around when they were getting married, and their dad, his dad, died, and as someone about that. Anyway, it's just sort of like about his ideas of being a grown-up, which a lot of his early movies were about. And then a lot of his later movies were about being a parent and you see him in this sort of crux of it. And it's like, he's funny in it, but also like, it's when you start seeing his goal of like really just having his friends score. um, It's, it's really great. But so I did the list and I was like, can I write a book that's just this? And he's like, no, my agent was like, no, you can't do that for a variety of reasons. But like, so he's like, well, this is what you should do, which is like make a list of ideas you have about comedy and comedians you could write longer about because of, you know, a story, blah, blah, blah. And then so what materialized was a pretty like, not unlike what are the chapters now, which is like, here are the sort of areas. They're like, they're it's not like stand-up or sketch, which is like when people think of like forms of stand-up, but like the 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 conceptual parts of comedy that are like essential to like how comedy works as an art form and or as a cultural force right so it's like there's a chapter about audience there's a chapter about truth there's a chapter about laughter there's a chapter about context there's a chapter about politics politics which is sort of like the political force and how that works and that, that chapter is about like this idea of like what does comedy do right i think you hear that a lot which is like yeah. why doesn't comedy do anything it's like well, what is the expectations for comedy so like the idea was there's this um, pretty, pretty famous book and TV show called Ways of Seeing, which is was an art critic wanted to like guide people into how to look at art differently. And I was like, can I do that for comedy? Which is not change people's opinions about what they like or not like, but just change how they think about the comedian in a way that they can hopefully have a deeper relationship to it.
0: So what's community
1: about? So it's about. So on the. Conceptually, it's about how um, comedy is useful for... Comedy is useful for creating in-groups and out-groups. And, like, because of that ability, um, it's, like, a useful way of, like, bringing people together. Okay. And and sometimes those communities can be uplifting. Sometimes those communities can um, be harmful. Also, sometimes... What, and it's also about post-the-internet, and social media that in many ways, like the fan bases of comedians have like overrided the comedians themselves.
0: Do you yeah. talk about podcasts in the book? Yeah, yeah.
1: What do you say? What do I say about podcasts? I talk about it in terms of the, the in the community chapter. It's so funny that you, you, we keep on end up circling chapters per time. So like I talk about it because like podcast fans have a different relationship to previous comedy fans. And, and part of it is that they feel invested in the show like, the example I use, um, what is like, I listen to Comedy Bang Bang and like Comedy Bang, it's just, it's... Paul Ackerman? Scott Ackerman. Scott Ackerman. My bad. But like, there are people who create content for it. Like, to, he uses on the show. Yeah. And I use it as an example of like, modern fan, when we thought of fans in the past, it was like, there's the star on top and then it was top down. Here's all, this is the, to be a fan of Burt, it's this. Yeah. Where now, fandom for you comes from the people up and you are just the thing that they are fans around. But the community exists somewhat unrelated to you. It's as much the interactions. So like, I think that is this podcast have created that in particular because in some ways they're so intimate with the um, the host that that intimacy then you want to share You're like, oh, that's my friend, the host. Well, I can't interact with Bert. He actually is famous and he's doing So like, I'll interact, you know, like, and then I think that's how I, I think I talk about it largely in that I also talk about it this way, which is so I do a longer version of the the type of article that you criticized about me the first time about how funny comedy needs to be and I say, you know, I mentioned that Joe Rogan made fun of that article as well and but I say like in many ways like Joe is doing that as well. Like if you listen to Joe Rogan's show it is a comedian who has the number one podcast in America. And like, he's not like being laugh out loud funny for most of the show. Like I'm sure he's some, but a lot of it's just sort of fucking hanging out. Yeah. And like, that's the same thing I'm talking about when I say like, there are TV shows where there's fewer laughs. Like there is a willingness to consume comedians being themselves without the need for constant feedback.
0: This is going to be fucking huge. I, 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 I'm a comedy fan yeah and I'm a comedy fan yeah and I'm a fan of yours and and even though I may not agree with you on certain things I love I love hearing yeah everything anyone that doesn't I just don't get it and and I I cannot wait we- this will be the one book I fucking read book on Johnny Carson yeah I'm trying to get through the wager it's a new mo- <laughs> book by David Gran. And But this one will be the first one I read, and I'll read it so fucking quick. Yeah. Much like I watched Chappelle's special, I'm going to go, I wish there was a second one. <gasps> there is? Well, What's the sequel?
1: That. I don't know. I, I said, like, I, I want to see if people want this book, right? Like, it's not even yeah. just, like, because of the money. It's like really a matter of, like, it's a lot of... This book is exactly how I write and think. And if people go, we're not really interested in that, then I'm not going to write a book that's exactly like this. But you already know... I know certain people, and look, I've had really good response from comedians. Yeah, but like,
0: I'm not only writing books for comedians. Here's a weird question. Yeah, and I hope this doesn't sound uh, defensive, but do you talk about any alternative comedians? <laughs> I, I, I literally can't tell if you're joking or not. Like, you talk about Tig?
1: Yeah, man, I talk a lot about alternative comedians.
0: Like who? Like, like a lot.
1: I can't. I literally can't tell if you're criticizing because you <laughs> well, know no, I it's... must talk about them a lot. That's what I assume, right? <laughs> Oh, I it. I'm like I have money. One, I I I love alternative comedy. I I love yeah. 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 But also like I was right. The second chapter is about a audience, and I talk about how in in the 1990s, when supposedly the comedy boom was over, there was a rise in black comedy clubs and alternative comedy at the exact same time out of Los Angeles, and I I loved spending time learning about that time. It was so exciting to just know what it used to be like when there was no internet and people were creating their own rules and like everyone had such a specific context of like what they were talking about and you'd hear about shows where like you know like people would be talking about dating another person who's on the show and they're but and they'd be going up for the first time ever like I, that energy of we're so connected to our audience that we're just we're all working on this together and I like if I I like the process of writing comedy and a comedian coming up with new material that's good and really being open to the audience. That's like, honestly, what I want from yeah. a comedy show, which is why I lean to go into alternative rooms where the audience is more likely to accept not being entertained at all times, but willing to be like, oh, we're going in a different path. So, that, so I talk about that, but then, yeah, I talk a lot. I talk about Maria Banford probably the most in the book. I love Maria Bamford. She, Maria, talk about tig um margaret joe i talk about um i guess if you count Ma- maron i don't know if like it's so, maron's it, an alternative comic yeah he's a part
0: of the boom yeah yeah but he goes back and forth but like it's also because no, He's, comic- just, he's a, i think i think ultimately maron's the definition of just comedian like yeah just he's a, just a great comedian Patton is a you can say he's an alternative community, was part of the boom, but he's just a great community. Yeah, I think if are Same with Maria Bamford. Yeah. Now, there's people that will, will, there's, I guess there's people that, if they look at who Maria Bamford follows on social media, they'll be like, yeah, she's not my style. If you look at that, if you're going like, yeah, I don't like those guys. Yeah. Then, yeah, sure, but then you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. Maria Bamford, Maria Bamford, when she did the, uh, I think it was, a. Uh, I think it was like super deluxe special yeah, 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 yeah. of her and, and her parents. It's the, it's, yeah. it's undeniable. And and she is, I just texted her, DM would her the other day about how fucking special she is. She was talking about her mom. Was it about uh, on Corden? Was it? No, I, it couldn't have been. It was in, I
1: might've, is it- I. It's the, the end of the book is about that it's set she does not court about her wait, mom passing wait, away did you
0: just have Maria Bamford on your podcast
1: no uh no I interviewed
0: her recently but no she's been on she had put out a book so she did up a bunch of podcasts no she was talking about her by the way it could have been fucking years old oh god what happens on my phone is as I fall asleep it just shows up and it was about her mom passing away mm. and her mom always had issues about her weight and her mom looked at the coffin was like I'm is, that's going to be too big. I'm not mm-hmm. going to fit in that. And the like, well, don't worry, mom, your um, your hips will get smaller in there. And she's like, I think my mom would be happy to know she's down to a pound now. Yeah, like it was fucking. Yeah, she's I, just so fucking.
1: Yeah, at the end of the book, I write about She talks about her mom on. I can't I literally can't talk about her crying. It's like it is. I, I say like she's the second greatest comedian of all time to me. It's Richard Pryor, Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor and, Richard and Maria Pryor. Bamford are the two greatest comedians. Sam Bamford. Ever. Because to me, they it's not just they do everything that a stand-up can and should do, both in terms of what they talk about, but also, like, skill set, right? It's not like Richard could be dirty, Richard can be really personal, Richard can talk about societal, like, and but also Richard can do lots of voices. And that's the thing, like, Maria can do all the things. And so it's like when I think of like the pinnacle of stand-up, it's like it's Richard, it's Maria, then everyone else is after that. Like, right, Where am I on that list? I'll rank, I don't know. You're good. 20. You're about 20. I'll take it. When you say like goodness or best, all those things where where it's subjective, I have a very hard time because you're, it's really a matter of you're creating a value system and you're saying what is greatness? And so like, that's why I always say like Maria and Richard Pryor when I say they're the greatest, I'm essentially just being like, my only thing that I could, that I'm comfortable saying is like, well, this is to my value system, what comedy looks like is these two people and yeah. everything should be measured against it. And like, because you tell stories, you have your shirt off, right? So it's like, how do you compare you to a c- person who does one liners with their shirt on? Like you can, but like, what if yeah. you don't have the attention span for someone to oh, tell yeah, the full story? Really like- you you can, but it doesn't say anything about the artist as much as it does to the person having that conversation, right? So if I say, oh, like, I love Bert. His things are like 20 minutes long. I'm not really saying anything about how good you are as much as I'm communicating what I think is good comedy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm better than Nick <laughs> Yeah. That's what I thought.
1: Well, Jesselnik can do those stories. He decides not to though. Oh, fucking,
0: that was, was a good special he did. I really liked it. Yeah. I, liked-
1: he, I saw him, I got COVID when I did it, but I saw him um recently and he he did a he he was hosting so he did a thing a set up top then he did a story in the middle but then in between and he did a story and it was great and in that same vein he goes we never did that before i guess i should keep on doing that story i was like
0: well that's you know that's the best stories you do or what the ones that yeah. you're just telling because you're trying to kill time yeah and someone's like yo have you ever done that before and you're like i have no idea well i just about. i mean also
1: i just love I mean, as I said, I love new material. I love that feeling of a person doing something for the first time.
0: Like, oh, you would have loved my act last night if you like <laughs> unfunny new material. Yeah, That's I just like... little Like last night, I literally said to I would like to it be guy, funny, but like, it's
1: it's just like when the, the audience and the comedian are at their best where we're like, we're paying attention and we're really figuring it out.
0: Yeah.
1: And like, I think you can get to something like a more truer exper- expression of yourself and them and a truer connection than like when you get to material, which is a good show and there's value to that. There's value yeah. to like, I had a hard week. I'm just going to see a comedian. I know they're going to do the job. Yeah. But like, it's also cool that like, oh, it's a Tuesday. We're, we're like going to both bring ourselves to it. Like yeah. I, like the book is as much about trying to make comed, um, try to make audiences better as it is trying to make comedians better. Oh, interesting. Like as I say, I, um, I go better. It goes better ingredients, better pizza. I go better audiences, better comedians if a, if the if a, if an audience has a better understanding of how it works, you know, one, it's going to
0: make it harder to be a hack, but also like... Well, then we don't want that because <laughs> some of us are making a pretty good living off oh, of it. Oh, come on. <laughs>
1: come on.
0: But it, it is like... Do you feel like there's too many specials right now?
1: It's... I think I thought that a few years ago, just because it was due to there be so many... And now it just it's just a different paradigm of like, it's weird it, the term special is so funny because it's a term that's just from the past of how we thought of television, where if it's not a series, it was called a special. It was just like the nature of and then yeah. and now comedians like adapted that term to be like, I'm doing it because it's special, then whatever sounds special. But like, I would like people to spend
0: more time on their acts. I think that's the biggest. I think that's the biggest I
1: would like some comedians too. I think I think there's some comedians who if their act is less about time and more or um rarely there's a comedian who it locks in on it. Like Ali Sadiq currently. He's great. He just is in a space that like you can put out a lot of stuff right now and I think it's really gonna work. But like, that happens to like one comedian at a time like every decade where a comedian's just like on it where they don't have to grind it out. And they're just like in the face of like everything that flows through them is ready. Like Kyle Kinane can do that a lot. Where yeah. it's like, I saw him right after Special came out. It goes, cool, I have one more. And he tells a 45-minute story about moving to a new house in Oregon. Yeah. And he's, and it's like a new... And I was like, this is... You have like,
0: you're such a rift a one-person show. Kyle Kinane's pretty special. Yeah. Pretty special in the special yeah, yeah, yeah. sense of special. Like yeah. he's he's a so
1: it's like, there I get why you're doing it and and like and it's so much cheaper to film them you can put them all on YouTube and all of it's easier but like, it's almost like I would like some people to still remember that like, you can spend a lot of time on it. you don't have to film a special because you're seven years in you can wait until you're eleven years in like oh, yeah. it, you look at half hours from two, twenty years ago, and it's like a person who's been doing for twenty five years it's the first time on television you're like, this is a material. That's why uh, I think
0: that's why. People have such a fondness for Geraldo yeah. and Patrice, and especially because they're not here anymore, is that these few things you saw of them doing stand up. St- I think still people think that's all I get. Yeah, they've been doing stand up twenty years. Yeah, yeah. Geraldo was one of my favorite comedians growing up. It's like
1: Geraldo was the first like person I saw in Comedy Central. It's why I learned what the Comedy Cellar was. Like I like Geraldo, so I watched Tough Crowd. I watched Tough Crowd, so I learned what the Comedy Cellar was. So sure, I went tough to the Comedy crowd seller, was So great. And and it like aged I was, I was a 15, 16-year-old. like, I got to go to the comic seller one day. And this is like not... This is when the comedy seller was... you They had to use um online. I don't even know what the internet looked like at the time. But essentially, you can get discounted tickets. You get free tickets. You just had to pay cover. And I was yeah. like... And we'd go all the time. But it like...
0: This when Brody was working the door? I don't know. I mean, I was... <laughs> oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah, 15. Yeah. I didn't oh, yeah. know who Brody was or whatever. What year is it? I was... It was probably... 2002
0: 2003 2004 okay he was in LA do you write about Brody in the book no you ever see Brody
1: I think I saw him one time I think I used to
0: go to comedy death ray a lot yeah. when I lived in LA and I think I saw him there Brody was fucking like when you talk about comedy like I, when you talk about the thousand greatest comics you got to put Brody and guys like Brody and Todd Glass that have always uh, yeah. just done their own fucking thing yeah. that like Todd Glass is just Genius.
1: And just, I mean, like, I remember seeing Todd for the first time at Comedy Death Ray and just, like, how silly he was with the audience. You're like, to get the entire audience to be like, we're locking into this, like, we're just, it's
0: like being a little kid. He, he, the one of my favorite Todd Glass stories, and by the way, texts from Todd Glass are hilarious. Yeah. Being in Todd Glass's universe, we did a Zoom with Todd yesterday and Leanne, Leanne knows Todd, but she doesn't know she doesn't get the Todd I Yeah. And he goes, okay, all right, well, this is a great Zoom. Just so everyone knows, I always end every Zoom with a bit, so this is my guy. This is an impression of my guy who knocks over his Zoom camera but doesn't realize it's still on. All right, thanks, everyone. Hey, guys, it was great doing a meeting with you, Leanne. You look lovely. Thank you so much. And then he knocks the camera over, and he starts the bit, and Leanne Got caught up in the bit and didn't, mm-hmm. she didn't know. And then and everyone stayed on the Zoom and he just kept with it. And we're all fucking laughing. And he's like, motherfucker, cocksucker. Like, and Leanne's like, a fr- I go to hit leave. And she was yeah. no. And, but he is, he is just, he did a bit I still think of so much. I think of this so much at the Brea Improv back in the day, or the Irvine Improv back yeah. in the day. He said, don't give me the light, just have them start cleaning up so instead of getting the light the guy came out and started vacuuming <laughs> and and Todd goes hey I'm, I'm doing a show and the guy goes oh show's over Todd <laughs> and he's like what and he just turned the vacuum on I was like I'm trying to do that energy uh, that's what I fucking love yeah, I about that's what I love about comedy congratulations on the book brother thank you so much i hope it's a bestseller I i hope everyone fucking goes out and gets it continued success thank you keep doing what you're doing i love it uh thank you for doing the podcast everyone get the book comedy 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 book jesse david fox thank you for doing my podcast thank you for having me